interested in rosemary my neighbor brought a bunch of rosemary over we had too much so here's a little extra if somebody wants to cook with rosemary you can grab all that or grab part of that it's there uh i'd also ask you to pray for me it's so stupid i don't even want to mention it but the, whatever i did to this wrist i have now done to this other wrist the same tendon in the same exact spot i was chipping up gravel at the end of our drive to fill a hole in and i guess i chipped too hard and so now i've got both wrists hurting this one doesn't hurt as bad as this one but just pray that i am able to get my a1c where it needs to be very quickly i'm working on it very hard so that i can get that injection because it's just i'm getting really frustrated i told joyce on the phone i said i'm just i'm just getting really frustrated i can't seem to get anywhere with this stuff so uh just pray that that would happen and um I'd be able to get that taken care of. So I'd appreciate that because it's very discouraging at times. So, all right. Well, we want to pick up where we left off last week. So uh, at the top of your handout today, we did read this first line at the top of your handout last week, the first uh, little, little mini paragraph there. Uh, Current Affairs Magazine, May, June 2022. Uh, Lily Sanchez, article entitled, Why We Should Abolish the Family. Uh, and she states that the family is a conservative project that limits human flourishing, and according to her, the family must be abolished. And uh, we're go- we're entering in this section. We've been talking about marriage and gender, and the fact that there is just an outright attack on on marriage and the family right now, and it's just very unprecedented. And um, and we're seeing it. And it's coming from several different fronts, but all those fronts are seeking to eliminate destroy, recreate, reorient, however you want to put it, what makes a family. And and we're, we're seeing it from several different resources. So next, next line there, Margaret uh, Farley, uh, she wrote a book called Just Love. And uh, the main point that she tries to make is that the Bible cannot be used as a definitive source for ruling on the morality of same-sex relations. Her claim is that the Bible doesn't speak to this issue directly. <laughs> Now, I don't know what Bible she's reading because uh, my Bible speaks to it directly in many places, not just the Old Testament, but the Old Testament and the New Testament. But I think it's interesting, the first part that that I read there, uh, her point is that the Bible cannot be used as a definitive source for ruling on the morality. Now, folks, apart from the Bible, what are we to use to rule about morality then? Our nation was built using this Bible as a guide to morality. Our systems of laws. This is why we have the Ten Commandments uh, in many of our, our buildings from our early days. Because why? That was the guide that was used. Brother Brett. I was listening to this YouTube video this morning. And uh, Joe Rogan, a lot of people can yep. with him. He was a well-known atheist, agnostic. And he's been like changing his perspective and... Lately, he's been saying our society needs Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because, I mean, he said that we can't, people without God can't create their own morality. They only make things worse. Yeah. And I think it's just pretty stunning that this nation without God has brought even people who are traditionally agnostic and atheistic say, this has gone terribly awry and we need the Lord to help us straighten it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is the source of morality. God's God's word is what establishes what morality is. And so my immediate question to her, if she were standing here today, my immediate question to her would be, well, then what is the guide for morality? 
Because if, if you're saying the Bible can't be the guide, then what do you determine the guide to be? Now, my guess is in her progressiveness, she probably thinks the guide is whatever she thinks it should be. <laughs> that would be her answer, would probably be the likely answer we would get from her. But anyway, so this is, but this is where it gets really, really interesting as we, as we get in, into this, as I started digging a little bit more, because I, I knew in my mind that there are people that would like to sabotage what we would consider what, what or what's often referred to as the nuclear family, you know, the, the two husband and wife, two kids, two dogs, or whatever, you know, one dog, one cat, whatever, you know, whatever we look at as a traditional family, there are people out here that really would like to eliminate that. I had no idea how much so until I started researching, and it's, it's amazing. So Dr., a gentleman named Dr. Ken Gore, in 2015, he published a book uh, that was entitled Takedown from Communist to Progressives, How the Left Sabotaged Family and Marriage. So that's the title of his book. I'd like to actually get a hold of that book sometime and read it. Uh, his research shows that for nearly 200 years, radical leftists have, and this is, and this is a direct quote, worked to undermine and fundamentally change or destroy marriage, family, and traditional social structures and relationships. Let me give it to you again. Uh, that they, his research shows that for nearly 200 years, radical leftists have worked to, um, to undermine and fundamentally change or destroy uh, marriage, family life, and traditional social structures and relationships. And then he noted as long as the traditional family is re- reversed, uh, Marxism is advanced. Uh, now, Karl Marx and Frederick Engel, um, they refer, refer to communism as the most radical rupture. Now, that's, that's interesting terminology, but that tells you something, doesn't it? I mean, they, they even view their point as radical. It's radical. Because it's undoing what civilizations were were founded upon. Uh, now they think it's radical in a good way. Uh, we certainly would not agree with that. But uh, but Engel Engel noted that, uh, and then um, and this is how they they approach this. Uh, they saw this as, and here's their quote. This is what they say, uh, Marx and Engel. Nothing short of a fundamental transformation of society and human nature. To accomplish this, they would have to take down the most element things, God, private property, marriage, and family. Now, folks, if that doesn't read of the headlines today, I don't know what does. I mean, you think about it. They, they, their, their thinking, their mindset is in order to make the transformation happen that we want to happen, that we believe should happen, and their utopia or whatever, they, that we have to eliminate the most element of things. And then they, they have four things. God, private property, marriage, and family. Now, we already clearly understand the attack on God. I mean, we, we see that every, every day of our life. I mean, without a doubt. Patrick? Oh, after a radical rupture, the world's probably going to need a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Gonna, they need God is what they need. Right, right. <laughs> and number two is utopia means no place. In other words, you're going to utopia, you're going, you're going to no place. no place. Yeah, no place, yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah, maybe dystopia would be a better term for that. But but we've seen very clearly in society the attempt to eliminate God. I mean, there's no question we are living in a time frame where many radicals want to eliminate God out of everything. I mean, they want it where you can't even wish somebody Merry Christmas because Christ is in the name Christmas. I mean, they, you know, we, we see this over and over again in society right now. And, um, and, and so we see that attack. But what, what, about, what about the attack on private property? Folks, I don't know if you watch the news, but do you know how much property China owns in our country? It's scary. It's scary. And what, what is that going to be? Is there private property in China? <laughs> Probably not a whole lot. <laughs> maybe, maybe a few elites, but, but most, most people, from my understanding, in China live in, in housing that's controlled by government in some way, shape, or form. It's certainly not owned by the average person having houses because they don't have room for them. So it's not private property like we experience private property, Albie. Yeah, they're saying that morally we, sh- we should be willing to open our homes to, to basically lose our privacy as a homeowner to open homes. But, you know, I, I think about this, and, and, and listen, now this may not be this dramatic here in Spotsylvania County, but look at what's being built in Spotsylvania County. How much of it is private home and how much of it is apartment complexes? I mean, think about it. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if there's anything to that, but... There certainly is a lot of non-private homes being built compared to homes being built. Now, somebody who's got money owns the apartment complexes, but they're not they're not private property, so to speak. And we've seen other things in the news where the government has absconded land and things for ridiculous reasons and stuff. And so I can very quickly see, okay, well, that now makes sense. You know, if they're going to if they say that there's four element things we got to do away with, well, we're already working really hard on God. We're working really hard on, on personal property and then marriage and family. So the attacks on marriage really make sense now because if, if they believe that marriage and family have to go to bring in their radicalization of the society that they want, then it makes a whole lot of sense that there's attacks on the family and there's attacks on marriage and things like that. So, um, so it really, it really doesn't, it really doesn't surprise me uh, that much. Um, now, I wanted to read to you. Let me see where we're at here. I don't want to jump ahead. Let me read to you. Um, Marx's Vance. Yes, I noted that. Okay, I read that. Okay, read that. Okay, I want to read to you a little bit. I, I copied a couple paragraphs that were in an article I found that Ken Gore. Uh, was writing, somebody was interviewing him and he was answering questions back and forth with them. And uh, there was just this this wonderful about four paragraphs. And instead of trying to give you notes, I just thought, I'm just going to read it. (laughs) So uh, here's what it says. This is Dr. Kengor speaking. He says, yes, picking up from my previous answer, uh, the goalpost is always moving for progressives. Now he spent some time before that talking about that, which which I, I'm not going to take time to do tonight. But he was talking about the fact that the, the that progressives 
They always want you to move to a spot, and then they want to move the spot a little further. Then they want you to move the spot a little further. Now, have we seen that? The homosexual agenda, the LGBTQ agenda, all that, right? You know, first first it was, we just don't want people killing us, right? You know, if you're a homosexual, I don't want somebody killing me because I'm a homosexual. Then it's... Uh, uh, you know, I want I want my marriage to be recognized if, I, if I'm a homosexual marriage. Then it's uh, no. Now I've got to have special privilege. I've got I've got to have a, a higher privilege than you have because because I'm a minority group as a homosexual couple. You know, the goalpost is always moving. And it's just like if you follow if you follow the news much as as these as corporations in our country cave to the woke ideology that's around. If you follow the news at all, what you'll notice with these companies is as soon as they cave once, the radicals are after them again because they want further caving. It's never enough. It's never, they'll never be satisfied. You know, you, you watch it like with, with Hollywood. Well, we want, we want more, you know, homosexual couples in movies. And so you, they do a movie that's got a homosexual couple. Well, now, no, we need more of them. Uh, you know, you know, it's, there's, it's an ever-changing goalpost. So let me continue on with that, with that, what he was saying there. So he says, picking up from my previous night, the goalpost is always moving for progressives. There's, their only certainty is change or progression with that being the only certainty. Then how can their current positions not change or progress again? By what a defining standard of change and of progression can a liberal progressive say that these things are anything, and specifically their definition of unborn life and also of marriage, stay the same? They can't. So where is the progressive goalpost for marriage and family? What does it look like? What shape and form? What yard line is it planted on? Progressives cannot answer these most basic questions. They can only tell you that the goalpost will be different from whatever and wherever it is today. So it's an ever-changing goalpost, like what makes a family? Well, we can't give you the definition because right now we think it's this, but tomorrow we might think it's this, the next day we might think it's this. Um, then he says this. That's why I always say that it is maddening, careening, confusing, a screen bloody train wreck of an ideology that cannot stay on the tracks. It is a form of moral madness. It is, in fact, a dictatorship of relativism, and it will only get worse as America increasingly secularizes and more aggressively so. Modern Americans are being directly educated to reject the idea of moral absolutes, and that's precisely what progressivism is all about. Moving away from the idea of a set of set fixed absolutes. In January 1973, the progressive demon came to the door with Roe versus Wade in hand, devising its own new conceptions of life codified into law as, con as a constitutional right in all 50 states. Now in June 2015, it came to the door with the Obergefell decision devising its own new conceptions of marriage codified into law as a constitutional right in all 50 states. Why are so many people unable and unwilling to see and understand because they have been miseducated by their public school, their university, their social media, their television set, their culture? And then Dr. Ken Gore says this. He says, the future is grim. A fundamentalist transformation of the culture has taken place during the Obama years. America is different and far a far worse place, especially for religious people who dare to oppose the gay marriage juggernaut. Justice Kennedy, in the classic position of the dupe, thinks his court decision redefining marriage has created love and peace, when in fact it has unleashed a long period of bitter persecution against religious people by the culture, the state, and the forces of quote-unquote tolerance and quote-unquote diversity. Prepare for a jaw-dropping, sickening period of aggressive intolerance 
by the self-proclaimed prophets of tolerance under the rainbow banner of diversity. They will be exhibiting what Herbert um, Marcuse called repressive tolerance, refusing to tolerate those they dis disagree with, which, of course, isn't real tolerance at all. And uh, I thought, man, that is that is a lot in those four paragraphs that he said, and it really gives us a picture of some of what is going on in society today. Uh, now, before I move on, Patrick, did you have your hand up? Oh, yeah, one of the words for what you were saying, moving, goal, moving the goalposts and everything, is implacable. It's in Romans 1. It's one of the list of uh, unrighteousness that, that reprobates are full of. Mm-hmm. That means you can't placate them. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're just going to keep asking for more. Yeah, yeah. You're never, you're never. Listen, you are never going to placate the the the, the radical left. You're not, because they always want more than they have now. It's never enough. There's no move you can make that's going to be enough. Because if it was, a lot of things they pushed for would have ended years ago because we made those moves. But then they wanted more moves and more moves and more moves. And yeah, brother Brett. Well, and just like it says in Romans one, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Yeah. They can't be reasonable. Right. You cannot deal with them on a common plane. They are completely gone. Right. Yeah, we're getting to Romans one in just a couple couple minutes here, but yes. No, we're yeah, we're getting there. No, I, that's where we're heading next after I read one more section. Albie. We're front running your pastor. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's one of the things that we had a conversation with a couple the other day. He said that his boss wanted to be referred to as she on Tuesdays. Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> he on Monday, 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 Friday, How ridiculous. Now, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, there, it doesn't stop. You know, it doesn't stop. That's the, that's the problem. It would be comical if it wasn't so serious. Yeah. But you know, but you know, it's interesting because as you think about like, like the LGBTQ, how, how do they, how are they going to make a family work? Well, they've got to, they've got to redefine what a family is. That's why there's such an attack on the family. They can't accept the family as a husband, a wife, a male, a female. That makes a family. They can't accept that because that doesn't fit in with what they're they're trying to do. So I just I just did I did a quick Google search on on just just a real quick Google search on uh, ab abolition of the family or abolishing the family, getting rid of the family. You would not believe. So here are the titles of the first several articles that popped up when I searched that. Title number one, why we should abolish the family. Title number two, six steps to abolish the family. <laughs> Title number three, Marx, Engels, and the abolition of the family. Number four, abolition of the family, the most infamous feminist proposal. Number five, ab abolish the family review, red love for all. Number six, it's time to abolish the family. Number seven, the nuclear family was a mistake. Number eight, family abolition isn't about ending love and care. 
Number nine, perhaps BLM was right about the nuclear family. Number 10, abolish the family, a manifesto for care and liberation. Number whatever I'm at, building a world without family policing. And the coronavirus crisis shows us it's time to abolish the family. Folks, that's just the first several searches out of hundreds of thousands of searches that you find if you type into Google about abolishing the family. It is unbelievable. Steve. Have you tried any other search engines? Yeah. Have I tried? I didn't try another ones yet, no. Put the same thing into like DuckDuckGo yeah. yeah. and see what Dog it does. Pile. Stay away from Google. Yeah. yeah, I just put in Google because I was just interested in what would pop up. But yeah, I haven't tried any other search engines, no. I just was curious what would pop up if I did a Google search about this subject. Yeah. But this one in the end, even though they progressed beyond it, but to, to codify things is what they want to do. Right. And the thing about it is... You know, I keep on thinking this. You cannot legislate what God abhors. Right. And that's what they're trying right. to do. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's why they had, you know, everything in front of a judge. This cake guy, he won't make, you know, a gay wedding cake. Right. You know, take him to jail or take, right. take him to, you know, yeah. court. And it just goes on and on and on. But if you reserve, refuse service to a Christian, nothing happens. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody goes to, nobody goes to court. Nobody goes, nothing happens. But you know, if you don't like a Christian, refuse service to them, nothing happens. But if he won't make a cake for your lesbian wedding, then something big happens. Yeah, brother Brad. I would just say real quick, uh, it's it's a well known fact, and Google doesn't deny it, that they actually tailor their results Absolutely. to send you the direction they want you to go. Yep. Yeah. Well, it was years ago, Melissa Over. searched for John McCain. Uh, he was running for president, and they put Barack Obama as a first service. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's very true. And, and we know, I mean, all these these kind of organizations like Google and things, I mean, they're very complicit, just like the national media is very complicit in, in pushing all these things. I mean, if you didn't have if, if you didn't have the media to push the narratives that they push, this stuff would not be happening near to the extent it is but the fact of the matter is the progressives they own the media companies they run even the conservative media companies a lot of them are owned by progressives now there's a few media things out here that are good and i'm on a few of those sites where i get good news that's that's not biased but but you know the the media hollywood social media they're all they're all in it together to push a progressive mindset and, and so it becomes very difficult to fight because they're all pushing it, and that's how they're able to move the narrative so quickly because it, 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 they're very complicit in it. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I, I've been enjoying this week as, as – uh, more information is coming out about some of the issues that we dealt with with COVID and, and now even media that push certain narratives are having to turn around and admit, well, you know, maybe, uh, you know, of course, they're stumbling all over themselves because they don't want to just say we pushed a false narrative on some of these issues. But but they basically are having to say that now because now after this amount of time, you know, we're seeing mortality rates are where they claim they would never be if you took the vaccine or this is happening. No, no, it doesn't hurt your heart. No, it doesn't hurt. And now companies are having to say, uh, well, yeah, the stats are showing it. It does hurt some people's heart or it does, you know, do this or it does do that. Or, you know, and what, and it's not just that issue, but it's me. But we know the media, Hollywood and social social media things, they're all complicit. So so I'm not surprised. Like I said, I'm not surprised searching Google about the results. But what I am surprised is the extent of the results that there 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 is this big of a push 
to abolish the family. And it's just, it's really, it's really staggering. Um, and like I mentioned, I, I, I'd like to get a hold of this book by Dr. Kengar, and uh, I'm not a huge reader outside of studying for for uh, sermons, but I, I'd like to get a hold of that book and take a look through it. But now that takes us to where I said we we're going to go, oh, Romans chapter 1. So let's look at Romans chapter 1. We don't have a lot of time left tonight, but let's look at Romans chapter 1. Because, because of course, what we are looking at, we're shocked by, right? I mean, we, we look at these, we hear what Dr. Kenger says, we look at these, you know, what's available on social media, and we're like, man, this is crazy what's going on. I mean it's what's going on in our society is shocking to us and, and it should be but the thing we have to remember number one it's not shocking to God and number two uh, these same issues different formats were going on all the way back in Bible times I mean I mean you, you the world would make you think that homosexuality is a brand new issue we're having to deal with and never been dealt with but it was it was going on back in Bible times Remember Lot? <laughs> you know, I mean, we know these things were happening back in Bible times, and there was a lot of the issues. They may not be the same day. They didn't have social media. They didn't have, you know, ways to access some of the stuff, but things were going on. And so we go to a chapter like Romans chapter 1 and starting in verse 21. It says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now we studied the book of Romans, so I'm not going to spend forever in this passage, but just it's been a while, so let's just review a couple things in this first verse. It says, because that when they knew God, they had a knowledge of God. Not saying they were saved, but they had a knowledge of God. America has a knowledge of God. I would venture now there are nations in this world that there are people that have probably never heard about Jesus or whatever, but of course the Bible even tells us then that creation screams out, so that there is a God. So but but in our country, in America, people have heard of God. There, there, that doesn't happen where they haven't heard of God. But because they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. So they, so they didn't glorify God. In other words, they didn't put God on the, on, on the place where God belongs. He was not in a glorified place. What and why is that? It's called humanism. We glorified what? We glorified the creation instead of the creator see our entire our entire the entire public school system is built on humanism the student is the focus that's what that's what public school is supposed to be about and these days the student's not even the focus their agenda is the focus but back in earlier days of public school the student well everything's centered around the student well in a christian school everything centers around god and so there's a huge difference there. It's it's a difference, and that's where humanism comes in. It's it's glorifying man as opposed to God. Steve. Have you ever read the book The Battle for the Family about Tim LaHaye? Tim LaHaye. No, I've heard of it, but I've never read it. I was reading it today, and like everything you just said, I read earlier today. Oh really? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take a look at that. But I've heard of it, but I've I've never read it. So, okay, very good. But uh, yeah, so they they glorified him not as God, and neither were thankful. And then notice this, they, but became vain. Now you can remember our studies from Ecclesiastes. Vanity, vainness is what emptiness. They became empty in their imagination. Their foolish heart was darkened. And then and then here's the line that's just so interesting. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You know, folks, when I look at the left and the progressive movement and the woke things, they're foolish. 
I mean, just think about think about the absurd think about the absurdity of what was mentioned, having to call your boss by one set of pronouns one day of the week and a different set of pronouns the other day of the week. I mean, that, that's just absurd. That's it's it's ridiculous. Turning your children into zombies. Yeah, yeah. Everything. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculousness that goes on, and 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 they they become fools and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and to creepy things. They became idolatrous. They put the creation above the creator. That's what that verse is all about. It's about it's about the, the turning around or turning upside down the way it should be, I guess is the way it is. They put cr- cr- creation above cre- creator. Uh, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Boy, oh boy. Okay, now take a look at where we are in society today with the homosexual movement, the LGBTQ group and stuff like that. And what does it say? That they, they, um, they were given up by God to uncleanness through their own lust. He gave them over to what they desired, what their lust was, and what was their lust? To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That's exactly what homosexuality and the LGBTQ movement is all about. It's, it, now, they wouldn't think it's all about that, but that's what it's about. It's dishonoring the natural use of the body. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. Well, boy, we know that's for sure. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. And then here it is, folks. We can go back to that first, second lady we read today. God them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men working with men that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meat. So he's, it, it's very clear from Scripture. So, so this lady does not has not looked at the Bible I own, apparently. Um, I don't know what Bible she's looking at, but uh, I believe this speaks very clearly to the exact issue she's trying to take the opposite viewpoint of. He, she, they, the Scripture says that they left, the man left the natural use of the woman. What's the natural use of the woman? Listen, God created us male and female and created our bodies in certain ways so that we can procreate. That's that's the natural use of the two coming together for procreation. And they left that to do what? Men going with men, women going with women. And uh, and that's that's where where we see this. And so um, now let me let me just uh, forget it. We'll stop there. <laughs> I was going to go one more section, but we'll stop there. Uh, next week, we'll look on the attacks on morality, starting with the quote from Phillips, and uh, and then we'll continue on the rest of the sheet. As we dive a little bit more into this passage, we're going to look at some of the terms used in a couple of the verses in this passage to, to very much understand what they mean, and then we're going to continue on in, in the study. We're looking a little bit about homosexuality, LGBTQ area, and the gender issue and all that. So we'll continue that discussion Uh, next week. So let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for the day, for your blessings to us, Lord. Thank you for the time that we can look into your word, Lord, and we can study and and learn how to, Lord, uh, be the kind of Christians you'd want us to be in society today. And Lord, we just pray that you would uh, provide uh, as we need and give us the the courage and strength to stand where we need to stand, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, don't forget all the sign-up sheets over there. Oh, and if you're uh, if you're one of the men singing with the choir on Easter Sunday, remember we wanted to sing a song today. If you're one of the men singing with the choir, if we can just meet in the other corner really quick. I got the